Benny, I'm so happy I no longer have a bone to pick with you. Do you want to know what bone I potentially could have had to pick with you? Because um, it fits. It's so appropriate. What? You were eating wings on the last episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast before a big game, and you did not share any wings with us as someone Oof. who had the audacity to ruin my favorite professional football team's chances at winning a Super Bowl through a wings-based curse, you had the freaking nerve to bring wings on this show and not share them with us. If we had lost to Washington, it would have been your fault. And we've been pretty sassy at each other all week, and I'm hoping we can bury the hatchet for that on this episode of Belligerent Beeves, the 17th episode of Belligerent Beeves. Welcome, Beaver fam. Thank you for tuning in. When things got a little hairy on Saturday night, I was like, this is Ben. This is Ben's fault. And I just want to hear you speak to this. Yeah, my thought to that would be if at the beginning of the season, uh, I told you that the Beavers after the Washington game would be 4-1 and one and knocking on the door of the top 25 and that you'd be this fucking mad, you would say, that's not true. I wouldn't be this mad. I'd be so, so happy if the Beavers were 4-1 and one and knocking on the door of the top 25, but you're really mad. I am happy. Good. Listeners, you should be able to hear me smiling right now. <laughs> Remember that? Our, how Ari used to say that in Entourage? Like, can't you hear me smiling? I'm I'm very smiley. I, I was just thinking about that. This is a not very amusing story, but when we were watching the 2009 NFC Championship, a game the New Orleans Saints uh, notoriously cheated the Minnesota Vikings uh, out of winning. Benny was we will call it not uh, not in your most you know financially lucrative days. You are doing very well for yourself now. We're very proud. But I had a plate of wings while watching the game during the biggest professional sports game that I've watched and clearly hangry and clearly stressful. And you said, anytime someone's had wings and not giving me their wings, their team has lost. And I think I had about three wings left and then did, and refused your clearly made up uh, <laughs> scenario. And Hours later, with the game in doubt and clearly crumbling and me freaking out and crying and swearing and throwing things at our beloved Claude. You were on the ground at Claude's. I was. Well, that was on your yeah. knees. You fell to your knees. I did. And I, I should have. <laughs> and I would do that again today. Uh, ben just whispered with, you know, the <laughs> a very pregnant pause of sound in the bar, whispered at our whole group. It's the wings. And you brought wings on the show last week and didn't share them with any of us. And I don't want to hear any excuses that we're all in different cities or anything like that. Uh, You just tempted fate. And that means I'm very, very excited that uh, it didn't cause Oregon State to lose (laughs) against the Washington Huskies on Saturday night because that means this football team's for real. That's true. They are for real. And we don't have Brett Favre as, as our quarterback. No, no, but uh, I kind of wish we had a far, far like performance on uh, on Saturday night. Anything that would have been more than 46 yards of a uh, passing offense, but we don't need to start with negativity. Um, so we'll uh, we'll uh, just keep uh, going right here. But you guys were uh, both there and we're going to get deep into uh, into the nitty gritty of this game, but let's uh, just ch- start with talking about how fun Reeser was last night, Saturday night, 
packed house beating the Huskies to go uh, four and one. Uh, JP, I know you've been excited about this one for a while. There, you have some great pictures of your four-year-old Everett with Deshaun Fenwick, uh, with BJ Baylor and on the field and uh, having a good time. What was the, what was the atmosphere like last night? To say that it was electric would be an understatement. It would be really doing a, a like poor justice to what Beaver Nation brought to Reeser last night. And I don't think it was just, it wasn't a sellout. It wasn't totally packed. It wasn't like, you know, verse number one or number three SC kind of packed. However, it was probably the loudest I have heard Reeser Stadium since we were students in over a decade. There was over 10,000 students there, or at least it looked that way. The Beaver Dam was end zone to end zone jammed. They overflowed into the south end zone, even to the second level of the south end zone. They were lit, literally like they had not been at a football game in over a year and a half and had the most pent up energy of all time. It was so much fun. And it definitely cascaded through like the rest of the stadium. Like we were in the terrace jumping around, high fiving, hugging strangers. It was literally that kind of atmosphere. It was loud. The crowd was into it. Um, shout out to like the game day ops team to do throwing in that uh, the tail slap. I first when I first heard that they were starting a new tradition, I almost felt like I almost turned red and like an embarrassment. I was like, oh no, here we go again. This is gonna be crank it like a chainsaw all over again. We don't and we don't mention that song. We don't mention <laughs> that song on this podcast. But as soon as it started, I looked around and. The students were doing it, and that's what helped a ton. The students were doing it, and it just rolled through Oh, the that's what that was? Because they didn't really point that out on TV at all. And I saw students doing, like, a certain kind of clap, and I was like, are we the Florida Gators now? Or what is yeah, this? Yeah, it was the tail slap. So that's like a... It like looked a, like kind of a chopping motion, too. So I was like, whoa, Chopum has really taken on a new <laughs> All these kids listen to the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was probably the most fun I've had at Reeser in... 10 years easily easily throughout the entire game the crowd was into it it felt full i can only imagine what it'll be like in two weeks two weeks is the utah game three weeks is a bye week right three yeah you're right and that's been officially labeled as homecoming three weeks from now right yeah i believe it is okay maybe i'll come home again for it we'll see uh benny your first uh game at reeser since uh you were a student which was either a year ago or 35 years ago, depending on your loose definition of a <laughs> active student participation. Uh, but what was uh, what was your day like? What was it like being uh, back at research for you, man? Yeah, so we, um, JP and I were there with uh, two other friends of the podcast and, and friends since we were in college. Shout out to Funky Paul Molina and Dr. Ted Zava. They're, they're, Doc, Paul, doctor, not Dr. Ted Zava. They're both doctors, right? <laughs> I. Actually, I think Paul's a doctor, but tell okay, yeah. guess which one's <laughs> actually a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and JP's wife, Annie Bertram. So except for Annie, I guess we all started in 05. I, we, we definitely didn't end the same time. But the point being is, is we there were so many times when we were just looking at each other and we're like, this is so fun. And yeah. they did. So they did a couple things. Number one, they definitely, like JP said, sold more student tickets than I've ever seen sold before. The students showed up. Um, and like JP said, they they were so excited from start to finish um, and they weren't going to let the team quit, which was awesome. Yeah. And number two, and we have been, 
I don't know if we've actively said this, but it's been so obvious now that they went away from it is they don't give the band much time to really play at all. And instead they're playing music over the audio system and they're playing songs that pumps up the crowd. And instead of like the star Wars song and the first down song over and over and over again, they were playing like DMX and soldier boy and like all these songs that were just getting the team and the fans so excited. So those, those were, I think big takeaways for me of like, like sort of how the environment changed, but obviously like, People are going to show up when the team's playing well. And and so I think a lot of people saw that USC game and wanted to be a part of it. I was honestly surprised. Uh, I, I was expecting uh, less people there than what we what we saw. When we first got in at kickoff, the lines were so long to get in because they were doing vaccination checks. And when we got in there, I was like, oh, man, like it looked like there was like 20,000 people at kickoff. And gradually it just started getting more and more packed. And then like by the middle of the first quarter i remember looking at jp and being like holy shit like this place is packed and it is rocking i i haven't heard reese or that i i think reese may have been that loud for the usc games but other than that i do not remember reese being as loud as what it was it was right. so fun so they played dmx they played soldier boy all they need to do is play some andre nicotina and it's basically like one of our parties in 2008 yeah so exactly. i'm sure you, yeah. you both felt right at home <laughs> they even had party in the usa play did they have yeah. Party in the USA play? That's amazing. Yeah. JP plays five seconds of Party in the USA. <laughs> they not only did they do that, they had everyone pull out their cell phones and shine the light. Oh, and they, they, like they, showed that, of- they showed that on TV. And I remember when they first started showing it, I was like, that's kind of cheesy. But then they, it zoomed out and the whole stadium was doing it. And it looked cool as shit. It looked, oh, it yeah. looked so it cool. Looked super there. cool on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like right was at sunset cool. too. So it was just like, it was like still like kind of light in the horizon, but the lights were on bright in the stadium. And then everybody in their seats was like, waving nice. their so phones fun. around. Research so back, baby. We have to put this on there. Like, this was not like an exciting performance by the team. Like, we won, and I'm glad. Oh. But like, it was a stressful was, performance. It was totally stressful. It was by no means like this whole holy crap, this guy's going off kind of game. And instead, it was just very frustrating. Like for for most of it, but like the crowd was still that amped up for for a performance that really shouldn't have probably won the game to be blunt. That's, I mean, it's a great sign to show. I saw a lot of chatter on social media that like Beaver nation is dead. That the, yeah. I mean like, like Beaver fans saying that, which I don't want to call it Beaver fans, but like, come on, like show up. Everyone's there. Everyone's having a good time. Winning helps everything, of course, but like we're not dead. Beaver nation right. is far from dead. We were just resting for the Jonathan Smith era to take off. <laughs> I honestly wish we had been fucking resting until the Jonathan Smith era. There is, there, there is some, there's some games I wish we had been in deep hibernation for, uh, but let's, uh, let's get to the fun part. Let's uh, toast. Uh, I want to raise my uh, glass, my aluminum can actually uh, to the uh, four and one beeves who are the national champion, just kidding, but uh, first in the Pac-12 North, same diff. Uh, cheers to you, Jonathan Smith's boys. Uh, chop them. Salud. Slancha. Chop them. Cheers. Chop them. Let's start with you this week, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. What type of beer are you drinking? It looks like a can that I have not seen before. You are wrong. It is a oh, can shit. that you have seen before. And uh, I, decided- I am so good at this. 
Yeah, I decided <laughs> I decided that um, if like why change something if it's not broke? Last week I did uh, Dreamland by by Rogue, um, and after we beat USC and we beat Washington, and this week I'm doing Dreamland by Rogue because we beat Washington and I want to see us beat Washington State. So until the football team decides to have a different outcome, I'm going to be sticking with this beer. Wow. Did Very you buy like a, <laughs> a a case of Dreamland that is just going to sit in your uh, fridge and you still don't want to go buy more beer? And I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very busy can. Like it's very colorful. There's a lot going on. Oh, and I wait. just saw the label side. So that's why I didn't recognize it. Yeah. And it's in a my Dreamland. Defense. I mean, like being number one in the Pac-12 North, albeit the season's early and but like. Let's fucking take it. Right. Did you, did, you say, Dreamland. did you say number one? I said number one. Number one in the Pac-12 North? Number one in the Pac-12 North. And, you know, what, else, you you know what? who else is in the Pac-12 North? Who? The fucking shit school down south that thinks they're better. <laughs> but if you look at the standings, uh, they are wrong, as they usually wrong. are. They are. Uh, I, was go- <laughs> I was more trying to throw some shade at... Uh, Washington State University alum Michael Bumpus, who had us at a uh, fifth in the Pac-12 North after oh, yeah. beating USC. So uh, maybe he'll finally watch next week. Maybe Michael Bumpus will. Michael, come on the pod. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a very good college player. I would love to talk to Michael Bumpus, uh, and I would also I'd, I'd love some answers on the uh, lack yeah. of respect we're getting from uh, Michael Bumpus. But you, you you're sure, Benny? We are we are number one in the Pac-12 North. I checked it right before we hopped on, and um, and I'm I feel pretty accurate in my assessment that they're number one. And in this the is the first North. time. It's the first time in the history, history of, of the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 North <laughs> <laughs> that we have been in sole possession of first place. <laughs> right. But also, I trust Benny, as we know, Benny is a scoops guy. Benny is the uh, Adam Adam Schefter uh, of the Oregon State football beat. So uh, I trust you, Benny Scoops. Uh, do, do you have any other scoops uh, from uh, from the inside that you can uh, re- reveal to us? Uh, I do that I cannot reveal, but okay. uh, Beaver Nation should be very excited. Ooh, what does he mean? All right. Thank you for that, Benny. Uh, Dreamland by Rogue. I love it. Uh, JP, what are you drinking this evening? You guys, you liked the colorful, crazy can of Benny's Dreamland beer. Mm-hmm. Well, this one looks quite festive. It it's is October. Festive. It is October. This is a fest beer for October Fest because it's going to be a it. party all month for the beeves. That's and right. Even better, even better. This beer is called Chopping Wood. Wow. That's right. We're gonna be chopping them up all month long, baby. And can you, Jay? I was. I, I know I had asked Benny a, a very, very big, important question of who is number one in the Pac-12 North. And Benny, just again, mm. who who is the number one team in the Pac-12 North? Just that would be your Oregon State Beavers. Oh, the Oregon State Beavers. Okay. Uh, JP, you're drinking a beer called Chopping Wood. Can you spell chop them without hope? No, you can't. Not. Okay. No, because no, it's not C-H-O-P-E-M. possible. So that hope it's right there. It's yeah. right in the middle. Fantastic. It, I mean, it's wood. like smack yeah. in the middle too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You can't, you yeah. can't miss it. We might've missed it for about 10 years until we put it on a shirt. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> chopping wood, what, uh, what kind of beer is that? Uh, what's the, uh, what's the brewery? Uh, give us all that. Good yeah. Stuff. It's, a, I mean, it's a fest beer. It's literally like an Oktoberfest style beer. Oh, right. Oktoberfest style um, beer from, from mountains walking brewery in Bozeman. Yeah. Montana. Okay. Yeah. 
Shout out to the Montana State Bobcats. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, a stone's throw away from the University of Montana, who also beat the University of Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Beat them by more than we did. (laughs) We reminded the fans of that as well. I reminded the players of that as I was coming back. I'm sure you guys made so many friends. (laughs) Oh, dude, I was taking my four-year-old to the bathroom, and I'm coming back, and as I'm coming back, they're running down the ramp after halftime. No, pregame, whatever it was. I don't know. It was a, and I was, I was reminding them how much they suck. And I just kept saying Montana over and over again. And like, the players are looking at me like, dude, leave me alone. That already hurts enough. We walked, so this is the first time I'm hearing JP tell this story. We walked in at different times, and I walked in with the funky Paul Molina, and I, they were coming back up the ramp from Mm -hmm. their uh pregame warm-ups to go back into the locker room and we were we were yelling montana at them as well i'm assuming that we weren't the only two i am assuming that they hear that quite often now yeah now they have to a lot forever (laughs) yes well i I love that excellent choices gentlemen um i don't believe i have drank a beer from oregon on this podcast yet and when i went out yesterday to uh purchase uh some suds in anticipation of this episode I, I went to a liquor store that doesn't actually have the best selection but they did have a couple different uh beers from deschutes brewery in bend oregon deschutes is a brewery we've talked about on the spot a number of times sometimes accurately sometimes inaccurately um <laughs> but this is a rendition of the fresh squeeze it's the west coast ipa called squeezy writer squeezy rider sorry um, and it's a uh, effortlessly West Coast, intensely tropical, freshly squeezed, and no fruit was harmed in the making of this beer. So you know we're a uh, we're a, we are a fruit positive podcast. Uh, so I like <laughs> I like that uh, that little uh, uh, note uh, uh, pasted right there on the can, and it's uh, it's Thank delicious. I had a lot of uh, garbage beer tailgating at the Vikings game today and attending the game uh, itself. So. Uh, wrapping the night up here on uh, this episode and having a, a nice beer, you know, feels, feels good. So uh squeezy rider, the shoots brewing company uh, started by a university of Utah alum. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll take care of those bastards later on this year, but Hell yeah. right in the middle of central Oregon beaver country. So yeah, it feels good. feels good to come home for a beer on this episode, boys. Uh, you know, so yeah, go beeves, chop them. Go beeves. Cheers. Chop once, once again. Let's once cheers. again. Why not? Let's do it. Chop them. Have one more sip and that'll be it. And then one more beer after that. And then yeah. one more beer. Then one more beer later. And then then another one. I don't know. And then one do after you brush your teeth before bed. That's it. That's only only well, one you, more after that. You have to, you know, wash down, like, you know, rinse your mouth out. Like, you can't just go to bed with, like, all that toothpaste just sitting in there, you know. Well, it's especially like, like that minty taste. Like, you have to return to normalcy of that hoppy the hoppy exactly mouth. exactly you rinse your mouth out with you know a, <laughs> a fresh squeezed ipa from uh, deschutes brewing company <laughs> let's talk about one of the biggest uh stories of the weekend uh we were, we're actually going to talk about stanford for a number of reasons as i'm <laughs> sure you can imagine listeners we're going to get to the one you're probably thinking of but uh stanford women's soccer is a uh, royalty so it's a royalty program uh, players, you know, national team players like Kristen Press, Kelly O'Hara, Julie Foudy, you know, just just straight up queens. One of the best programs in the country, currently number seven ranked in the country. 
And guess who they lost to this weekend? Beef up. That's right. Woo! Coach Sinicola. Coach Sinicola and the Oregon State women's soccer team got their first win in program history in Palo Alto. Was this on Thursday? Was this on Friday? I don't, I don't fucking care. Uh, <laughs> the first game of the weekend uh, with score of two to one. Um, Bridget Skiba was a monster between the pipes, basically stopping almost everything that Stanford, uh, you know, brought to the table. Uh, Aaliyah Blewett got her first goal of uh, the season. Um, Sophie Conrad also scored, making it 2-0. And then um, Stanford pulled one back late, but wasn't enough. Oregon State uh, pulled out pulled out the stunner uh, to, to send the Cardinal home unhappy. Uh, History making win. We we thought that this team might slow down once it hit conference play, but it doesn't seem to be the case, boys. Nope. No, definitely not. Conference play is going to be tough. Um, there's no doubt about that, but there's a buffer that was built up until this point by the team that uh, with, with their win column that's going to make these wins or losses a kind of a lot easier to attain or swallow. And so... Um, when when you take care of business before conference play, then uh, you just you know you you make the best of what you've got in the in the conference. And taking a game at Stanford is huge, huge. And so um, across women's men's right now looking really good as a soccer school, which I saw again on social media a lot of chatter of. I guess we are a soccer school. We are. A soccer I just school. think I just think we're an every sports school. Um, to be honest, this has been a great fall so far. And if these teams can continue to make waves, not just like in the conference, but like in national media, then, uh, you know, I love it. I love to see it. So, um, I mean, like you guys saw, right. Um, coach Sinicola and her wife, they were interviewed, Mm -hmm. uh, recently about their, their, uh, (laughs) path to Oregon state and, um, uh, that stuff comes from the success of the program and it helps with recruiting. It helps give confidence to the team. So I just, I mean, I love to see it. I just, as these weeks go by, these wins keep piling up. Um, it's going to be more and more exciting. Right. Certainly a testament to the whole, whole Beaver fam, every, every sport, every student, every community member. So, and as you mentioned, those wins, you know, piling up, do, uh, you know, hold sort of that buffer. Uh, we do have to mention that the women's team did lose at Cal today by a score of uh, two to one. I think that was, you know, uh, went final late this afternoon, but if you go even go, going on the road and splitting a road trip in you know, this setting is, you know, that's the path to qualifying for the NCAA tournament. It's the path to, you know, building a winning program. But when you, when it includes a, a win at Stanford, like you know, the best recruits in the country go to play at Stanford. Like if you've watched one women's soccer game, in the last decade, it was probably a world cup game. You watched a bunch of Stanford women's soccer players. Like you can't really help it. You might not know it, but you did. So it's, it's a huge win for the program, a huge win for coach Nicola and uh, in her team. So we, you know, not that we were making light of this at all as like the season started and it was, you know, one and oh, two and oh, three and no, but it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay attention. And 
you know, we're learning more about this team every day and they keep winning and beating good teams. And now <laughs> I think we're way more invested than any of us would have predicted when we started this podcast in May. So I you love to see it. Uh, congrats to uh, coach Nicola and the team, uh, you know, nine and two now overall and just rolling through conference play. Let's go. I, I think one thing to add to that too, like, it, and this isn't taking anything away from uh, coach Nicola's actual tactics. Cause those, those obviously have to be really good to be nine and two and go into Palo Alto and beat Stanford. But one thing that I notice is, um, it, and this is going to sound sort of silly, but like sh- she's really active on social media and promotes her players. And, and what that tells me is that she has built uh, an atmosphere um, where these players want to play for her uh, and it's a fun atmosphere and these girls are going down and um, it's, it's and similar to what Jonathan Smith's doing with the football team. Like they believe that they can win uh, and they're having fun doing it. And I think watching teams that have that sort of chemistry and atmosphere um, are so much more fun to watch really than, you know, any other sort of uh, build of a team, but um, shout out to her and, uh, right. and, and the squad. It looks super fun to play for her. Right. I want to play right. for her. Me never, too. Never, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever coach a men's league team, coach, you know, let, let us know. Uh, we want to sign up. So congrats again. Also, uh, you know, men's soccer um, with came in with um, uh, a huge result against uh, San Diego State. Uh, that team keeps rolling. We we might just be. I, I I know JP said we were in every sports school, and it's been a great calendar year for Oregon State. Um, you know, I think the birth of this podcast is another win for the university. That's just my opinion. <laughs> um, when, you, when you think when you think about every sport, you know, every sport has a pretty good uh, showing. So yeah, it's been. Uh, 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 but especially been a great fun fall and the, the men's soccer team is certainly continuing that as well. Yeah. Big win against UCLA on the same night, the women's beat Stanford. Right. And it was cool. Like too, to see like instantly, like Jonathan Smith was tweeting about it and, you know, fo- the football players were tweeting about it. So just to see the, you know, uh, student athlete community, just, embracing each other and supporting each other and uplifting each other and pick up some huge results too. Like that's just really fun. Like it just looks I like love, a fun time. Yeah. And I love that. Like when the men's team won, like the women's team, like congratulated them on social media. And then when the women's team won, the men's team did like the same thing too. It was like, they were the, they were like their biggest supporters as soon as like it went final on, on both sides. So um, yeah, it was really cool. I love that's awesome. Keep it up. Keep it up. Beeves. Every sport beeves. Uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be behind <laughs> you and we're, we're excited. And speaking of beavers helping beavers uh, in between the first quarter and second quarter break on Saturday night, the men's basketball team was honored for a run to, you know, just a little, uh, something called the elite eight winning the PAC 12 conference tournament. Uh, you guys were in the house. I was jealous to uh, miss this. It, it kind of looked like they walked out right in front of where you guys were sitting. Just what mm-hmm. was that? What was that like? And what type of ovation did they get from the Beaver faithful? 
I would say that they got a standing ovation, except everyone was already standing anyways. Um, mm-hmm. But but it got it got really loud in there. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, that Alatiche and I made eye contact, and it was a special moment. But did you uh, tell him to go in and play quarterback, especially since <laughs> Chance was struggling no. a little bit? <laughs> I was thinking about no. that. I'm like, Alatiche is in the house. Did you see the pass to Ethan Thompson against Loyola? <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, like, it, it is such a. I, I think sometimes it's uh, w- when you're a beaver fan or a fan of any program like it's easy to look at the tree and not see the forest and um and so that was sort of a moment for for me where it was like man our football team could go four and one tonight and we are here celebrating the men's basketball team playing in the elite eight like this is a special time to be a beaver fan um and so it was was really cool to see and i hope i hope that sort of stuff continues yeah honestly you know like as they do these things mid quarter or between quarters they um they kind of fall on deaf ears a lot even if they are like (laughs) to like celebrate like another program at the university um like i can remember i think i was at the game when the uh men's base like recent championship team came out at halftime and or first quarter and it was like yay you know like because people are like but it's like that's when people get up and they go get drinks that's when they go use the restroom like if it's halftime they're out tailgating again they're on their phone like they're on their phone yeah i mean like it actually was a pretty solid um celebration of that uh, elite eight team and for the men's basketball team so uh i was i was impressed it was really cool i actually ran down the stairs right to uh i guess if you're looking at the team's tunnel um i was up to the right right there at the front uh on the wall I ran, I ran the kid down because I was like, dude, this is the team. Here they are. Go see. And he was like, you know, starstruck as well. And I mean, I was, I'm almost 35 and these guys were, did something that I never thought would be possible at Oregon state ever again or ever really. I mean, but like, I just never had any visions of even making that uh, advancement in the uh, March Madness tournament. And these guys did it and they were right there in front of us, um, you know, getting their due it was really cool. It was a really cool moment. Right. It was great to see Reichel back as yeah. well. I know. I know Ethan's yeah. you know got a got training camp to to focus on. So obviously, they expect to see Ethan there. But super cool to see a guy like Reichel who really paid his dues in that program and played on some not so great teams. And uh, I can't I can't imagine how you know fun of an exclamation point on your career that must be. Well, and thinking about it now too, like I wasn't thinking about this last night, but um, they played in like essentially empty stadiums. So they never yeah. really got Beaver Nation to cheer them on. And so th- that had to have been really special for them too. I think I think Tinkle's family is capable of generating the same amount of noise that 20,000 people can. <laughs> yeah, that's just what I hear. But you're right, it's still not the same. <laughs> so definitely uh, super happy for them. And uh, now it does look as though the basketball schedule uh, has been finalized or clo- close to finalized. I think I, I, there's still, I think we're waiting for some exact start times and some uh, t- TV announcements, but November 9th against Portland state looks to be the the date that it's going to start with uh, some pretty fun non-conference games on the schedule too. This is going to be here before you know it guys. 
I know. I mean, that's like a month away. In one month, we're uh, one month and six days from the day we're recording right now. We're going to be playing Portland State to to kick off the 2021-22 season, and uh, you know, try our best to protect our Pac-12 tournament championship. Hopefully, take the Pac-12 championship as well this year. Yeah, I'd I'd rather I would love to just take care of that thing in the regular season, and you know, maybe maybe secure you know that automatic bid too. You know, why not just get both of them? <laughs> um, some pretty exciting non-conference games on it too. I have heard a lot about the atmosphere and the pageantry at Iowa State basketball games. They call it Hilton Magic at a, at Hilton Coliseum down there in Ames, Iowa. That's about a three-hour drive south from me. You I'm have to plan- go. I have to go. I'm planning on going. Uh, I have some gopher football fans who are going to be driving down for the Minnesota at Iowa game the next day. So I might go from (laughs) Ames to Iowa city and and tailgate with them and just make it all sporty. And, um, you know, you, you never, you can never, uh, uh, you know, you, you can never totally confirm it until it actually happens. But a super secret Skinder told me he's going to fly into Minneapolis and go down with me. So if you guys want to get on a plane ride for three hours and land in Minneapolis to then get in a car and drive three hours to Ames, Iowa <laughs> to watch Oregon state play when you could just, you know, drive an hour South when they play in Corvallis and do it, but that's no fun. Why not make it an adventure <laughs> and come come no. to the heartland? Come to God's country, you guys. Come on, let's go. <laughs> that game so far isn't listed as, as a TV game. So if you do want to watch that game, you may Plenty have to, to be in person. I, on Iowa State's website, it's listed on Big 12 Now, which I don't know is a thing. and <laughs> But also slash ESPN Plus. So you can probably get it oh, on okay. yeah. ESPN oh, nice. Plus. Um, but, you know, ESPN That's Plus kind me. of like weirds things out where they'll like they'll randomly black things out, you know, locally, whatever. So yeah. anyone, if you want to watch Oregon State, Iowa State men's basketball, you have to come to Ames, Iowa and watch it with me. That's the requirement. I'll have some chop em shirts and I'll, I'll I'll buy you a beer or whatever. That's our uh, that's our call to action on this show. <laughs> That should be that's fun. What, that's what drives the ratings, Terry. That is what drives the ratings. Buy the beer. <laughs> free beers. Hey, listen to the show. Come to the games. We'll buy you beers. Uh, that should be a really fun game. And then two weeks later over Thanksgiving weekend when we'll have a pretty big game against Oregon in football, uh, it looks like. But we also are in some tournament. I don't know the name of it. You never know. really know the name. There's so many preseason or yeah. non-conference tournaments. But we'll for sure play Wake Forest on Friday, November 26th, and then either LSU or Penn State the the next day. I don't know much about those themes at this point. I, I have not read the preseason media guides for any of those three. Uh, <laughs> we need to get the Peyton years guys on. Yeah, is, is, is that the tournament that's in Portland? No, it's in Florida. The, yeah. the Portland one's not till next season. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, and we'll we'll all be in the house for that. So that's oh, a. Yeah. PK 85, November 22, uh, put it on the calendar. Beaver fam. We are going to be in Portland to maybe play Duke or North Carolina or somebody, <laughs> but we'll be Is there. Is PK going to be alive for that tournament? I bet he's planning on it. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he's planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, they're gonna keep holding that thing. There's there's gonna be like a PK 180, and he's probably still gonna be alive for that shit too. <laughs> it's a weekend at Bernie's thing, and they just kind of like shove him out, like on the club level, just like Ooh, wave his is, arm yeah. and sit down again. <laughs> what if weekend at Bernie's was about Phil Knight, you guys? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he's been dead for the last like 10 years. And that's why Oregon comes out with these terrible uniforms all the time. (laughs) Even if he's been dead for 10 years, they've been coming out with terrible uniforms way longer than that. (laughs) I can get behind that conspiracy theory. I love it. You heard it here first. You did hear it here first. Well, we should, uh, while we're talking about Oregon and briefly mentioned uh, Stanford, we should, uh, Touch on this game that happened in the Pac-12 yesterday. Uh, if you are listening and uh, somehow did not catch the result of the Oregon at Stanford game, it was a bit controversial, a bit weird, a bit thrilling. But in the end, Stanford emerged victorious in overtime by a score of 31 to 24. But that's not the real story. The real story is as the Stanford band was on the field playing the national anthem before the game, a big drum right in the middle of the field, red go beeves, yes. which is just an incredible, <laughs> incredible troll job. I would have preferred if the drums had chop them, but I'm not sure the chop movement has made its way down to Palo Alto yet. I'm sure Stanford students don't listen to this show. They're probably studying. I get it. But what was your guys' <laughs> reaction when you saw the drums saying go beeves? Oh, I love it. But I don't put it past the Stanford band one bit to like try to poke the bear as much as possible. So um, they could have gone a variety of ways, but uh, to show support for the Beavs is probably the deepest cut they could have done to the Oregon program. I loved it. Yeah. So we were at uh, local boys eating. Um, also, JP, by the way, you're welcome for a sauce. Cause <laughs> yeah, you left your house. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I also, did you by the steal way, sauce or did you know they, they, okay. they, they sell it? They sell it. They sell it now. Do they sell it in bottles? Now? I don't think so. No, but we were probably just too broke to buy sauce. When That's we true. Were but they always sauce. had all those signs that said, don't steal the sauce. And I don't recall there ever being a way to get it. There's also not no, there they don't have those signs up anymore. Yeah. Mm-mm. Probably because they sell it. Steal away. Yeah. <laughs> Steal away. Yeah. Yeah. So you can buy the sauce now. Um, but Good to know. we were at local boys when the game went final and you would have thought that it was the final of an Oregon state game. Everyone was so excited. <laughs> and I, uh, you, you know, like people will say whatever about Oregon state hating Oregon, but like embrace the hate, like that school is so fun. fucking pretentious and like <laughs> fuck them. And so it, it, it excites me that uh, we can revel in, in the loss of um, their whole fucking season. Cause you know, they thought they were going to go to the playoffs and now there's no fucking way. So that's, it was awesome. Um, and uh, so we had a little extra, uh, you know, firepower as we were walking over to, to Reeser. Um, but yeah, shout out to Stanford and their well, band. Yeah, I just love all the arguments that Duck fans are making right now for there to be a one loss Pac-12 team in the playoff. And I agree, there will be a one loss Pac-12 team. Oh, in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, not gonna be them. But thank you for the oh. support, Oregon. Yeah, we'll remember this <laughs> when we're twelve that. and one. Yeah. <laughs> Benny predicted it almost. You heard it it's here first. Benny kind scoops. Of. Benny scoops, baby. That's right. Uh, but and we're talking about this bit that the Stanford band pulled off and. 
JP used words like cut and chop, which is very interesting, especially given the placement of the drum, which is right on the 50 yard line. And I first noticed this when Marvin Beaverman uh, pointed this out on Twitter. Shout out to Marvin. Uh, Much mahalo, my friend. Right in the middle of the Stanford tree in the middle of the S. What do beavers do to trees, guys? Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. They chop them, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm asking a lot of questions on this episode of Blue. No, Beaver. it's true. Do, it's do true. beavers chop down trees? That is a fact. Would it be accurate to say that the beavers chop them in regards to trees? Yes. Yes. And can you spell chop them without hope? No. You cannot. And the Stanford band put a beaver, <laughs> a beaver tribute right in the middle of their tree. I don't think they did it on purpose, but that is witchy as hell. That's summoning all kinds of beaver spirits. I forget the date that we play them, but I know we do play them soon. Stanford, we appreciate the support, but we are coming for you. Yeah. We're, we're coming to chop you, Stanford. We appreciate you taking care of Oregon for us. But you did this to yourself, Stanford. Yeah, like I said, that was like self-sacrificial, right? I mean, they for the greater good. did it for the greater good. They're like, you know what? Take this tree. Take our tree. As long as we can beat the ducks and ruin everything for them and just ruin every duck fan's life for the next 12 months or more, (laughs) please, please sacrifice ourselves for this moment. And they did it. Thank you. Thank you, Cardinal. Yeah, man, we haven't talked a ton of shit about Oregon on this podcast. It it surprises me, actually. You know, I think uh, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, we can't just be that pod that talks shit about Oregon. But uh you know, today I think we kind of can. You know, we've had multiple duck fans give us love on Twitter, which is just funny. And I do appreciate that. G- genuinely, I genuinely appreciate yeah, no, that. Totally. Joe, Joe, Keith, you know, g- keep it up. This is a love forward podcast. Uh, we're spreading love. That's why we started this, but also <laughs> I'm so fucking happy your football team lost yesterday. <laughs> oh, especially because they shouldn't have it. Some of those calls were so terrible. It's just so juicy. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I hate targeting, especially when it's clearly not targeting. But when it happens to Oregon, it just feels, you know, a bit more amusing. So yeah, life isn't fair. And they should yeah. have been ranked number three. Life's not. They fair. should not have been ranked three. They, they should not, not have been ranked no. number three. And you know, speaking of rankings, the new AP rankings came out. Curiously, 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 I would add, they don't include Oregon State. And my reaction to that is just okay, fine, okay, oh, okay. Don't either fucking way. do it. You know, Jonah Hill and Superbad, where it's like you want some alcohol, or you do want alcohol, or you don't want. Alcohol. Either way, either way, either way is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but all, what Jonah Hill also says in that movie, a people listen closely. People don't forget. <laughs> yes. People don't forget. Nice. Very nice. true. That is very, very I true. wouldn't say we played a perfect football game on Saturday, but, you know, we were receiving votes. We beat USC by a lot. Then we came home. We still won. We were winning in a variety of ways. Clearly, we're different from the first quarter of the team that played at West Lafayette. Four and one, kind of rolling. Number one in the North. If you put another team in the Pac-12 North and, you know, the top three and still in the top 10 or wherever the hell they, they fell down to, uh, kind of feels like the number one team in that uh, division should, you know, get 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 a, get a nice little number by their, uh, by, by their name. And I'm not even asking for number one or number two, but, you know, 
a 25 or a 24 or a 23 would be nice, you know, but either like way, every, either way, every single like pundit I saw on Twitter <laughs> pretty much had us at 25 at least. Either way, yeah, the rankings come out and uh, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And people were saying last week that if, oh, if Oregon State wins this week, they'll be in the top 25. And then they won this yeah. week and they're not in the top 25. And like Terry said, either way is fine. But like, and Terry, you brought up a good point. Like, it was a bad, it was a bad game. Like we didn't, we yeah. did not play well enough to look like we, I mean, we won and that's what matters. And sure. uh, ultimately they should be looking at rankings and, and based it off of record. I mean, yes, you can look at performance, but like record should supersede everything. Um, and you know, whatever, I don't give a shit. Like if we're not ranked fine, because we built this program, not we, we did nothing, but like the, the, Oregon the three State, of us clearly laid the foundation of everything that's happening right now. Oregon State this built podcast this. right before this season. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, so. a, it's an incredible football program that we've put together. Great job, guys. I'm so proud of <laughs> us. But think about it. Like this was built off of unranked seasons over and over and over. And honestly, I like it that way. Keep us unranked. Let us surprise everybody. Because when when the people sleep on the beeves, we chop them down. And we have proven that over and over and over again. So bring it on. There, There is something to be said about that. Because from Michael Bumpus and that other fucking asshole that put us at number five in the power rankings after we blew the doors off USC in LA last week, to the fact that we're not in the top 25 this week, to the fact that people have been writing the beeves off. We can't get a game in prime time. We're constantly at the seven or six o'clock kickoff. We can't get a game on ESPN or even FS. We're playing on Pac-12 network. No one fucking respects us. So you know what? Fine. That's fine. We will prove it to them in the hard way, which is winning games. And that's just what we've continued to do and what the we real will way. continue to do. Yes. Yeah. That's the we don't real do it with way. fancy jerseys and go down to Stanford and fucking lose. We wear normal <laughs> jerseys and beat Washington. And now yeah, yeah. at USC. Please give us games not on Pac-12 Network. I had to sign up for a free trial for something called Fubo TV to watch last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's seventy-seven dollars a month. If I forget to cancel this free trial, I can't afford it, dude. Why don't you just use my login? Why haven't you offered me your login? Terry has created 75 different email addresses to keep on getting free subscriptions of 30 minutes long each. Uh, it's, it's the save that money video come to life. Um, but while oh. you guys make a lot of good points and, you know, uh, while this team is not ranked, another team that wasn't ranked was honored on the field. Uh, the aforementioned Oregon State men's basketball team. And, and, and what round of the tournament did they reach, Benny? The Elite Eight. Yeah, that's the elite eight, right? So that's it's very elite. It means, it's elite. That means there's yes. only eight teams remaining. I just showed a seven right. on, with my hands, but there's <laughs> eight <laughs> teams remaining. It's it's it's, it's, an, it's an audio medium. It's not a video medium. It's an audio medium. So there's there's something like three hundred or so college college basketball teams, right? And we were we were one of how many teams remaining at that stage? It was an elite amount of teams that was numbered at eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, yeah, that's, that's correct. Like that team count too. That team had a motto or a mo- mantra. Mantra is more uh, appropriate, if you will, called uh, not 12. That's right. Every single coach in the Pacific 12 conference, the conference of champions, shout out Bill Walton, ranked that team 12th out of 12 going into the season. 
and coach Tinkle was forced uh, to step up to a podium before the season started and said, I guarantee you, we will not be 12. Jonathan Smith has imposed a mantra on this football team. And that's not done yet. There are a lot of things that we're not. We ain't done yet. Ranked might be one of them. 12th might be one of them, but are we done? No. Are we fucking done? Hell no. Yet. So I would have loved to have seen Oregon state pop up in the top 25 for the first time since 2014 or 2013 or whatever the hell it was. Um, just so that, just so I could have read the tw- the tweet that we Hage would have been sending directly to M- Michael Bumpus and other PAC 12, you know, talking heads, uh, <laughs> snitch tagging people left and right. But <laughs> as amusing as that would have been, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's going to have any bearing on the game coming up or the games going forward. Uh, we're on the outskirts receiving votes. And like you said earlier, Benny, when I was being sassy and pretending to be mad, if you had told me where we'd be right now before the season, I'd be very, very pleased with that. And I think we all yeah. are. Yeah. And and I have to say, like, it, this is so much more fun to just go in and pr- like not 12. That is such a, a a fucking mantra that you can get behind, right? Or yeah. we ain't done yet. Like you can count us out. You can put us in your meaningless power rankings as number five, or like, but we ain't done yet. We're not done proving to you that we belong here. And not only that we belong, but we're like gonna kick your ass and take names. And that is, I, I would so much rather cheer for a team that has that sort of mentality than. I mean, I know we dog on Oregon, but like, or, or you could look at Alabama or some of the SEC schools of like, there's just this expectation of dominance. And like, that that's not fun for me to cheer for. I would much rather be the underdog and, um, yeah, totally. and, and Oregon State has like ran with that in a very, very like inspiring way. Uh, speaking of Bama, and I think we'll talk about this in a second, but um, we want Bama. We're getting to the We Want Bama segment. Of this, I was we- on the field after the game, and I turned around, and I saw a nice, large, poorly uh, written on cardboard, We Want Bama sign. They, sh- they showed that on TV the second the broadcast started. Yep. <laughs> I love it. And honestly, that's funny. I saw it. I go, oh, that's hilarious. And then I looked back at photos I took of my four-year-old on the field after the game and the the sign is held up behind him as he's like posing on the field. And I was like, this is definitely an, a Cinderella story in the making. And I'm going to look back at this picture and go, remember when we wanted Bama back on October 2nd, 2021. (laughs) And then we beat their ass in January. Yeah. I do. (laughs) For sure. We want Bama. And yes, we had you. I love everything you said. We also belong. We belong. JP, please play five seconds of We Belong by Pat Benatar. <laughs> should, um, should we should we get into the game? Yeah, the we actual, should. Yeah. We've, we've been chatting Let's for talk. like forty minutes. Let's talk about the actual game. Oh, holy passing yards, Batman, or a lack thereof. I don't know if you've had win a football game with forty six total passing yards on your bingo card, but if you do, come on down. <laughs> win the jackpot. Um, I'm not ready to you know shit on the passing offense, but I think, uh, you know, 
just with the looking uh, oh, 48 passing yards. We want to be correct here. 48 total passing yards. Uh, I think a lot of Beaver fans were just really uh, not giving Washington a ton of credit, especially Washington's defense, given the year that they've had when going into this year, the identity of this Husky team was going to be their defense. There's a reason they were ranked heading into the year. There's a lot of talent uh, on, uh, on that team, you know, um, Tyler Gordon really, 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 really gave us a hard time as well as some other players. Uh, it, I wanted to complain a lot, but literally every single time, and I do have some thoughts, but anytime we call that pass play, it just looked like blanket coverage. Like our guys couldn't get open at all. So I think this was probably one of UW's defense's best showings. And it was, they were frustrating the hell out of all of us. Um, yeah. yeah. What did you, what did you guys think of uh, the way that their defense uh, just sort of shut down uh, any, any air traffic lands for us? Well, I think you had, they, you have to think they came into the game being like, we have to pick our poison. So like, what can we stop? What can we allow to happen? And I think they hedge their bet on let's stop Nolan because if we can stop the passing game, then maybe we can disrupt the running game and get to guys like Baylor and Fenwick and Lowe. Right. But what proved to happen was yes, they stifled the passing game. And to be honest, as a spectator without commentary or replays, it felt slow on a like for a passing offense, but like it didn't seem to disrupt the flow really all that bad. Uh, like when you were just there observing with no outside noise other than the crowd's reaction play to play, um, they still, regardless, couldn't stop the running game. So they put all their eggs in the basket of stopping Nolan. They did it. Congratulations! Like you guys definitely <laughs> held our you know really our field captain to um a, a, a poor game uh, statistically but uh you know he he really only had the one mistake of the interception and and the fumble was, was pretty bad too mm-hmm. but like <laughs> i know it's not his fault that he was pressured but you got you got to take care of the football yeah okay but still like it wasn't like he was just throwing picks left and right and then he threw it 45 times and completed 10 i mean like there are teams and coordinators and players out there that will live and die by their quarterback. And I think what happened with this game was, yeah, they stopped the passing game, but they cannot stop the BJ express. It ain't happening. <laughs> I love the BJ. Is that, what is that what we're calling BJ? Not the BJ express. Dude, oh. and, ben, and Fenwick too, man. Fenwick had a hell of a yeah, game. Flowers well. for Fenwick. Yeah, my guy. So uh, I think, and, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but like I, I thought that Washington did have a good passing defense, but Nolan and the receivers also had a letdown game. Um, there were a couple of drops. I think mm-hmm. two drops. Uh, Chance also threw the pick. He underthrew. I think it was Bradford when he was sort of in the flat. Um, that was a, a pivotal third down um, that he just he whiffed it like it it fell at his feet and chance wasn't being pressured and uh bradford was wide open um i i think that chance had hopefully what will be his worst game of the season um because there were 
times where he could have picked apart that defense and made it a hell of a lot easier for the running game. Um, so I, I think calling a spade a spade is is important here. And, and Chance did not have a good game. Uh, oh, the yeah. other thing, the other thing that I felt like is like w- when we played USC, we went down there and we were playing to blow the doors off and we were trying to make a point in this game it felt like we were trying to not lose Um, and and that was from the beginning where like i think it was to you jp where i made a point it's like we're like walking up and snapping the ball like like with three or two seconds left to go on the play clock over and over and it was just like a grind out game from the beginning um but a, a couple of things that I did notice is like the offensive line is for real. The offensive line was creating holes that were so big for the running backs to to run through. Uh, and they were also giving chance a lot of time to, to throw the ball as well. Um, but uh, I think Oregon state needed a game like this and I'm glad it came early in the season. I'm glad that it was a game that they pulled off uh, because I think there's a lot that they can learn from this. And, um, and I think USC gave them uh, some confidence that they deserve, but also maybe some overconfidence of thinking that they can just come into a game and they're going to win it. Um, but but what mattered most is when the game was on the line and the momentum had shifted completely to Washington, where they scored those two touchdowns to go up within like 30 seconds of each other. Um, the offense buckled down and they were able to then go down and have a a long drive the defense came up strong and shout out to avery roberts that was one of the best defensive performances i've ever seen 16 tackles a sack and an interception um and even a point to me and my kid as he ran into the tunnel that's he did he did i saw it i witnessed it can't forget that um but but yeah, I think that like the they showed resilience when they were not having their best game. And that I thought was important. Yeah, you make a lot of excellent uh, points there, Benny. I want to shout the offensive line, too, because when I went, when I listened back to our last episode, uh, just to, you know, like m- mostly, you know, take notes and see what we can improve on. But also just I like listening to us because I'm enjoying this. I'm along for the ride, too, you guys. <laughs> but I was, I was like, I was sitting in my car as it got to the end of the episode. And I was just like, fuck, we barely mentioned the offensive line. And they played so great last week. Yeah. So true. Oregon State offensive line. We're sorry for not giving you enough flowers <laughs> last week. But hey, you know, you know the deal. You're offensive linemen. You didn't become guards and centers and tackles to get the spotlight. But we're going to try and give you as much credit, you know, going forward. I'll say with the one exception, um, and I do want to mention this guy for Washington because he was a phenomenal uh, Tuli Latuli Gasanoa was the interior defensive lineman who was giving us a hard time but you know we adjusted he I know he got hurt uh, and went out for a little bit but came back but aside from him you know Baylor and Fenwick were able to do mostly what they wanted and it really I, I hate to just sort of you know not be aggressive but whenever we made mistakes it's kind of felt like we're trying to force the passing game. Like we were calling pass plays because teams need to achieve a certain level of competence and yards in a pass game to, you know, be, you know, adequate. And, you know, we go back to a few episodes when we had, a uh, you know, Ashton Batuso on the show, shout out the about damn time podcast. Uh, when we we're talking about sort of the differences between chance and the other quarterbacks it was like chances never looked like someone who lacked confidence. Uh, and I think we were texting during the game too. Like this was the first time chance looked a little dancey and yeah. looked like he was maybe doubting himself. And I think that goes into, it's the first time this team is probably playing without 
uh, we have nothing to lose at attitude and they, they do have something to lose now. You know, there, there's, there's a lot on the line. They, we could win this conference. We're number one in our division. We can win the conference. And that's something that, you know, Smith hasn't coached with that on the line. These guys haven't played with that on the line and it has to be an adjustment. And I think it's an adjustment they can make, but I do think that's probably why we looked a little sloppy. I think mostly we were pressing a little bit. That's where you, you saw drops, you saw, you know, guys, uh, you know, stepping out of bounds and coming back inbounds. I think chance was maybe trying too hard a little bit. Uh, we weren't sort of, you know, we we're in the USC game where the offense was flying. They're just kind of rolling right up to the line, hiking it, not really, you know, running the clock down too low and just, you know, staying in a rhythm. Now it really, it looked like we were trying to protect something rather than go get something. And thank God we pulled it out because we talked about that in the USC game as well, where a lot of things went wrong. And most Beaver teams we've watched have let the things that go wrong sort of encapsulate us and ruin the game. I thought it was over when Washington went up 24-17. I really thought it was done. And they showed a lot of fortitude and a lot of resolve. I had some faith, but I was just like, we had we hadn't moved the ball in what felt like an hour and a half, uh, so yeah. they shut me up real quick. Uh, but then you know, with, with her backs against the wall, I could tell the play calling not to just shit on Lindgren or you know, just I feel like every football fan sitting at home just goes like, "This what is this play calling?" I did it at the Vikings game <laughs> seventeen times today. Um, but you know, you saw the fly sweep coming back into it a little bit. You saw Gould getting involved, involved. Uh, you know, taller than Champ Fleming's Anthony Gould, who, who is a player I'd like to see get <laughs> involved a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, they showed so much more than even you know what I was expecting uh, to have. I thought going into the season we'd be able to win six or seven games just off of our talent, but not necessarily off of adjustments. And we made a lot of adjustments last night, and we're able to come out on top and. I think it proves we can ride BJ Baylor to victories for sure. And, and to give chance credit where credit's due in the last two drives, he, he only threw twice, but he completed both of those. uh, And it was for, I think like 25 or 30 yards. Um, So the majority of his passing yards came in those last two drives. Um, So, I mean, when, when it came down to winning the game, he was able to, to pull through. One thing to touch on real quick, though, and Terry, you you kind of alluded to this. And I, Benny, I think I grabbed you. I pulled you aside after we found out that Oregon lost. And I said, I don't know how much I like this, to be honest. I mean, I was like super excited that they lost. But I felt the pressure as a fan. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're going to run the table. And in the game against Oregon at the end of the season, that has a a name that we can no longer call it. (laughs) Um it's going to be so stressful and to a, to something that I did not like prepare myself mentally for uh, to like try to like hang on to that edge all season long that uh, I could totally see why the team came out feeling the way they did yeah. with expectations with something to lose. And I'm just a spectator. And I felt that 
Right. It's actually it, after Oregon lost. <laughs> it was like the worst timing too, because it's not like that game ended right as the Oregon State game was starting. It was like it was at least before. an hour and a half. Yeah. Or yeah. two hours. They knew. The players definitely the, knew. Everything yeah. circulated. It's like, oh, Oregon lost. Like, and I'm sure that affected Washington as well. Cause if Washington won, they'd be in first in the North right now. And right. I what I say, you know, um, you know, the the homie Joe, uh, my other friend Kyle, and you know, lots of you know. Husky fans, I know, just You're united steak, through bro. mutual. I'm getting steak, baby. I won the steak bet. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know united in the sort of a mutual hatred of Oregon. But the the Ducks lose to another team, and we're about to play. And it's kind of like oh, like the winner of this game's in first. This is a, a Oregon State Washington show right now, and I that it has to affect the players. You know, I, they're. I don't know if Smith has been asked about this. Uh, I am, I'm sure I think media availability is Monday. So maybe he'll talk about this uh, tomorrow uh, or today when this episode has uh, come, come out. Or, or oh, we're doing a Monday drop yesterday. again. Are we doing a Monday drop again? I don't know. <laughs> uh, sometime <laughs> within the 24 hour period. Um, but, you know, I think that that's, you know, the teams can only figure out how to deal with those opportunities by going through them. And this is the first time this team has played with something like that on the line, even though it's early in the season and has even had the chance to even have the audacity to see an Oregon team ranked number three lose on national TV while you're warming up and understand that you have a chance to truly take advantage of that. In the past, it was just like, oh yeah, fuck Oregon, but also like Oregon was up here and we're down here. And we just don't want Oregon fans to have nice things because we can't have nice things. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I texted it to different Beaver fans last night. Guys, we can have nice things. We deserve <laughs> nice things. That's what I kept texting to people. I kept saying to myself, we deserve nice things. Um, and I think that's a great segue. Uh, one of those nice things is the leg of Everett Hayes, despite missing a field goal. But the namesake of your child, <laughs> JP. <laughs> Hey, by the way, my kid asked today, he's like, we gave him this old iPad so he can like message his grandparents and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I said it, I was setting it up and he asked after we get all four grandparents in there and me and my wife, Annie in there. And he goes, can I get Everett Hayes' uh, name in here too? (laughs) I was like, no, dude, I don't have his phone number. Everett Hayes, if you're listening and you want to send me my your phone number so my kid can text you? He he's, says he's, he knows how to type hi. That's it. He's he very just types cute. everybody hi. <laughs> but he Everett, yeah, Everett he, Hayes, he, you can come on our pod, but you can also come on Everett Bertram's the four year old podcast. <laughs> I believe is it still at just one episode? Or is he at released the second one, JP? It's just one we tried to record another. And he just made weird sounds the whole time, and I was like, yeah, I'm not editing this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Everett's Miniature World. Follow wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I was so happy that uh, Everett Hayes made that kick. With there is a you know it was early. It was that weird play in the first half where they thought or they, they whistled chance for being out of bounds when he threw to Tajon and Tajon caught the ball, which if that play gets really completed pass, I'm guessing the rhythm of the passing game is completely different. And chance has, you know, not like an Andrew Luck style game, but probably a better passing game. Uh, and it was also weird that Tajon did go out. of Tajon was the one who went out of bounds and the ref right. threw his hat down and then Tajon touched it, but the ref never threw a flag even when he didn't know, they didn't know that it was chance who was ruled out of bounds. 
and that whole segment was weird. And Everett what? Hayes lines up to kick at that point. And then he, he got one off just after they blew it dead and it went wide, right. And then there was a lengthy review for a lengthy review for them to tell it that tell us that they couldn't review what they had just reviewed. And then he lined up again and missed. And I was just like, Oh no. Like, cause I've been pretty confident with Hayes. Oh yeah. The whole time. So for him to have that, you know, tough segment and, uh, you know, only obviously only one of those kicks counted, but to see a kick of yours miss the uprights twice in a row, um, especially because he had plenty of he missed wide right the first one, then wide left the second one uh, to come back, drain each extra point and, you know, just drill the uh, the game winning kick as time expired too, even though it's a short kick, uh, you got to have confidence in your kicker. So it was great to see him. Uh, do that. And, you know, speaking of confident kickers, you guys got to hang out a little bit with a friend of the podcast and all time Oregon state leading scorer, Alexis Serna. How did that happen? Did you just DM him JP to <laughs> like come hang out or did he, was he just like walking by and was just like, Hey, I've been on your guys' podcast. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I made eye contact with him as he was walking through the terrace and um, essentially I was like, Alexis, he was like, "Oh, dude, what's up?" And so he came up, and he's like, "Oh, dude, it was so fun going on the podcast. Like, I definitely loved having uh, spending time with you guys." And um, I was like, "We got to do it again." He's like, "Totally down to do it again." And we like hung out for a while, watched the game, and um, you know, introduced ourselves in person. Like, I swear, like I've been, I, I, I don't know, such, man, or I, yeah, he's, he's such, such a, a nice good guy. dude. And yeah. like I, I swear, like I had, I'd come across, we crossed paths multiple times in college, and like it was just one of those things where we just didn't ever really connect long term, and like, but yeah, it was great. And like, Alexis will get you a shirt. I told him we get him a shirt. Um, we gave him a sticker. Get the whole uh, staff he was shirts. One of like forty recipients of stickers last night, and so oh nice, got a sticker. Good job, guys. And you're a first time listener. Um, welcome, welcome to the Bebe's family, the Beaver fam. We're happy to have you. Yeah, if this is your first episode, thank you so much for tuning in. Come back again. We honestly usually swear more than this. This has been a pretty low-key episode. <laughs> We've been professional as fuck this episode. <laughs> he hung out with us for what, like 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, oh, it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was there for a while. You're and, the shit, yeah, he, Alexis Serna. Yeah, he is awesome, man. He's awesome. I'm dude. sorry I wasn't there, you guys. Yeah, you missed out. And not just him, though. Like, we also, you know, ran in, well, had two encounters with two different listeners, too. Like, uh, shout out to Zach, who saw who saw Benny's shirt and shouted, chop him and pounded it up with Benny. Um, yeah, that I, was cool. I, the same Zach from West Lafayette? or a, a, No, we saw no, him, too, Zach. though. Oh, he nice. Did? Yeah, yeah, Zach. He was the guy with uh, the the red hair with the hat on that came up to me a couple oh, of times. Oh, no way. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I just knew that dude from school. <laughs> no, no. We, we hung out with him in West Lafayette, and I don't know if he – he must have had tickets in the terrace. I think that's that's sort of where he sits yeah. when he goes to, to home games. So uh, it was just like totally oh, yeah, random that. running into him. Yeah. yeah. We have more that's friends cool. through this podcast than we did – actually in college <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how cool we are <laughs> i got a shout out listener austin who was technically like a runner-up for our uh our drawing so chubby beaver couldn't make it he had uh something come up day of the game so we were scrambling to find the next runner-ups and um i actually had drawn when we needed to do the drawing i put everyone's name in like a generator and i drew three names 
just to see because I had a feeling something could happen, right? And I want to be like, oh, let's do it again. So we had three names already. And especially in case they're like, oh, thanks. But I actually can't go because it seemed like some people were entering. They were like, I don't know if I'll make it, but I'll enter anyways. Right. Um, thank you for that. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, totally. Totally. Seriously. Really helps yeah. us out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we we made our way down to uh, just just two more. Our third place, our third runner up, or second runner up, I guess he is. Terry, you were second runner up of uh, Greek Greek Man of the Year. Right? I was first runner up. <laughs> <laughs> I was second total. I was first runner up, but the dude who won it was on the IFC committee, Jeff Jenks. I remember oh, that shit. Call him out, dude. Yes. Drag, that Drag that man. Drag that man. But no, uh, listener Austin, um, I I went unresponsive uh, across my own personal social media and even checking the belligerent beef social media as I was driving to Corvallis and I get there and I look at both of them to see what's going on. And he had messaged both being like, Hey, is the ticket still available? Cause we had offered it to him at like noon. Um, and I was like, yeah, it is He's like, well, I have to leave like right now if I'm going to make it in time. He drove from Portland. Oh shit. And made it with, after like 10 minutes late from kickoff, but like made it to the game and hung out with us. He was in the so terrace. fun too. It was awesome. It was so awesome. So, Austin, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming down, dude. That was such a good time. I mean, like, how cool was that? That was very cool. Austin, if you didn't send it to JP or Betty already, send us your address. We got to send you some gear, some shirts or something. That's that's awesome. He certainly he he made watching the game way more fun too. Yeah, totally. Just that extra person, he fit right into the group, and it was it was a blast watching the game with him. Yeah, it looked like you guys were with people anytime Oregon State. It seemed like Oregon State was scoring, uh, only scoring on the terrace and end zone. Yeah. So anytime there was an extra point and they sort of panned to the crowd, I was looking for you. And so thank you for wearing a big maroon hat, we hate because I spotted you pretty easily a couple of times. And it looked like you were hanging out with people. I was like, that doesn't look like JP. So the, the crew has, uh, uh, you know, expanded. So that was, yeah, yeah. great, great to see. Hell we yeah, had multiple awesome. people tell us that they saw Chopham shirts on TV. That they saw our logo in the stands. Like we've had, I've been hit up by multiple people saying that they saw us on mm-hmm. TV. And I don't know if it was us or our, but it was our, our brand, I guess, which is pretty cool that uh, we're getting represented at home football games. Like not just like yeah. in somebody's living room, but again, exactly. I got to say, shout out to listener Gavin, three and O and his chop up shirt. That's, That's right. Awesome. Listeners. If, if I need to spell this out for you, Here's the deal. You need to get like your friend Gavin here, order a Chopham shirt, and Oregon State will never lose again. And if you don't take my word for it, you don't have to take my word for it, but you can. If somehow Oregon State does lose again, we will not send you a refund, but we will apologize for it. So think about it that way. You get a, you pay the money, you get a dope shirt for the price of any other shirt. And it's a dope shirt. It says chop them on it. Looks great. You can't spell it without hope. And spelled C hope M. That's how you spell it. C hope them is it's yeah. not chop them. We've right. been it wrong. It's C hope them. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a magic spell actually. And that's why we're doing so well. <laughs> and maybe Oregon State never loses again. So why not? What do you have to lose? Get on belligerentbeeves.com. Click on merch. Get a chop them shirt. Get a fanny pack, get a mask, get whatever, you know. Thank you, Gavin, for, for repping the Chopham shirt 
and for helping us on this uh this four game winning streak we literally could not do it without you we can't prove <laughs> that it's because of the chop i'm sure it's that true. we've won four in a row you can't, we can't prove, prove that it's not, it's not. you can't yeah. prove that it's not show me show me scientists whatever scientists <laughs> found that the flying beaver shark was one of the most aerodynamic logos in the country <laughs> until he proves that the chop shirt has nothing to do with this the chop shirt has everything to do with this we should send him this sound clip chop him. We should. And we should send him a chop shirt, too. <laughs> We're going to go broke just sending shirts to people we like on social media. <laughs> That's right. Um, speaking of listeners we love, uh, we should get to this, um, the question DM to yes. us from uh, Joe Hedberg, because it's in the show notes to talk about on the pod, this um, message or this question from Joe. Oh, I just closed our DMs. I am sorry. I just had it pulled up. I got it. I got it. I'll read it. Yeah, so he wrote in and said, "Can you guys go over why the Huskies got a review of the spot on fourth down, on the on their fourth down stop to see if the uh, defense didn't indeed stop them? Um, why did the Beavers get that last year in Seattle? Right, is this a new rule?" And he was a little blown away by it. And he says his reason is because last night on TV they said all turnover spots get reviewed. And if right. that is the case, then OSU should have had a proper spot against UW last year. Right. I, proper honestly, review I mean, is probably what he means. Um, yeah. And we're, we're, we're talking about the sort of the pivotal play last night when the game was tied, UW went for it on fourth and short and we stopped yep. Dylan Morris at the line, yep. which real quick, why the hell didn't they just go out of the wildcat again? We could right. not stop the wildcat. No. Yeah. I get that. Like, maybe it would have been, you know, a little obvious at that point, but they were averaging like 18 yards of carry out of the wildcat. Um, That's probably why Jimmy Lake's on the hot seat. Um, (laughs) And then so Oregon state stops them. They reviewed it at length. It looked, it was pretty clear that we had stopped them and there was no, you know, evidence. Otherwise I believe they said the play stands or the ruling stands isn't confirmed. And last year playing at UW, we're going into, I believe, try to tie the game or take the lead when Jefferson got just a horrible spot on fourth down. Yeah. And they did not review it. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't totally checked the rules and, you know, as much as we complain about the refs, I don't think any of us are, uh, you know, <laughs> we do not have Mike Pereira or Dean Blandino on this podcast. Uh, maybe we should. <laughs> I think the just off the top of my head, what I'm assuming is last year, I think the refs probably just they gave the spot for Jefferson was so horrible that they just were able to say they could they made the call that they could just eyeball it that he was short. If this is it might be a new rule that all turnover, like potentially turnover on downs plays get reviewed. If that's what they said on TV, I didn't hear that, Joe, but I was also going crazy and screaming and pulling what little hair I have left out of my scalp. <laughs> so I could see that that could, that could be like a new rule that possibly uh, snuck in there. But I, I think like any converse or any question about this topic, pack 12 refs are going to pack 12 ref, man. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it probably did what sort of the uh, general blurb that they use anytime there's a shitty call that doesn't get reviewed is all calls get reviewed upstairs 
Right, so that would probably be Pac-12 stance on except, it. Except it got for reviewed, but they didn't tell anyone. Except for the review of whether or not Chance Nolan going out oh, of yeah. bounds was reviewable, which they reviewed and told us that it could not be reviewed after they reviewed it. No, therefore, our timeout that yes. we took to get it reviewed was actually a timeout upon further review, and we lost a timeout. Which that was the weirdest. The one of the weirdest things I've seen in college football is I've never seen them go back to a play yeah, after right. yeah. a because that was it was like second it was like two plays after where they yep. they got on the mic and they're like after further review Oregon State does right. get charged a timeout oh, yeah they I've came never back to it. yeah that before dude it's shit like this is why people in Europe hate American football because you literally can't explain the logic behind that sequence and every single time someone is watching either college football or the NFL for the first time. I swear to God, it's always something like that. And they go, so why is that that? And you're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was so dumb. Football's so stupid sometimes. And it was so dumb in that stretch. Um, Well, and the the other thing that was really stupid to sort of, uh, to Joe's point here, uh, that they reviewed they took so long to review that spot for Washington on fourth down. And I get like, that is a game changing play right. for I didn't sure. Mind that. I didn't um, mind that. But, but it's a quarterback sneak. You're having defense and offensive players on both sides, just like going towards the same spot. So there's not going to be one single camera angle that is going to uh, like give you a different spot on that. Right. On that and call. he pretty clearly didn't get it. It wasn't the most obvious denial in the world, but it was a great play by the defense. Shout out to the Oregon State defensive line who made a great stand there. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it wasn't as obvious as overtime of the 2009 NFC Championship game where the New Orleans Saints had fourth and inches and Pierre Thomas got thrown for a loss of two by uh, Fat Pat Williams and the ref somehow uh, signaled a first down and then didn't review it. Uh, So, yeah, I would like answers for that as well. Joe, our friend, uh, but we're not talking about the 2009 NFC championship. I just started with it and, uh, brought it back again here. Um, but, uh, I don't think we have a, you know, a finite answer for this other than pac 12 refs are weird. Football is random, but Oregon state made the stop. They made what I believe was the right call. I think what most people watching the game and could see would say is the right call and Oregon state won the game. You know, so uh, and going to a little bit after that, where where we uh, Baylor had run the ball, gotten a first down. And I think I looked at JP and I was like, they need to just down it like Washington had called the timeout. And I was like, they just need to down it. And and Smith ended up doing that. Right. He just he sort of ran the clock out. Um, and so Yuri recorded the game for me and I was watching it uh, this afternoon. Look at you rewatching um, games and prep wow. for belligerent beads. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I took some notes. Um, yeah, baby. <laughs> and, uh, but the announcers at the game were the guy was like, I, I don't think that this is a good idea. And I thought that was like, I mean, going back to us saying that Oregon state gets no respect. Like I thought that that was one of the most, uh, in the moment, good coaching decisions where he realized like, okay, Washington has two timeouts. Like we can run out the clock and have Everett uh, Hayes kick a game winning field goal. Um, and was really surprised that the Pac-12 announcers were like not about it at all. And Terry, I don't know if you caught this, but like there was one of the announcers that was at the end of the game. He's like, and that's it. And uh, Oregon State is the number one team in the Pac-12. Was it? Like <laughs> absolutely 
no like <laughs> well the the color analyst was lincoln kennedy who i honestly think was pretty good throughout the whole game uh he was a u-dub star on the offensive line in the early okay. 90s he won a national championship the, u-dub and I, th- I think early in the game i think this is what a lot of former players do when they're broadcasting their alma mater um, alma mater and maybe this applied to petros last week as well but they're sort of overly overly complimentary of the other team because they're just so afraid of being accused of being a homer. But I think yeah. it was pretty clear that Lincoln did really want to see Washington win that football game. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that uh sequence was, was good by Smith. Cause it wasn't just like, all right, let's get to the 20 and then down it. Cause I think, you know, any, any field goal can get blocked and return for a touchdown, a field goal can miss. And then Washington has the momentum going into overtime because we didn't really, I think we truly downed it once to get the ball in the middle of the field. But the last play before the kick was sort of the chance was like, I'm just going to go up the middle and get what I can get. And he got like seven yards off of it. Washington tried to pull him into the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Washington, yeah, they wanted to get the ball back. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those, you know, weird sort of like cat and mouse games where like the defense was maybe doing, you know, the Super Bowl 32 Mike Holmgren strategy of trying to let us score. And we were just like, no, we're not going to score yet. <laughs> we're going to hang out. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I think the, the guys knew what to do. And I think, you know, if, they had if, if BJ Baylor had ran for a touchdown at some point in that sequence and given Washington some time, uh, I hesitate. I was just about to say, I'm confident in our defense. It does open the door, but um, yeah. I don't think I would have, you know, I wouldn't have criticized that either. Uh, but yeah, no. that was an interesting way to end the game. And thankfully, everything, uh, everything went our way. You want to know another sort of weird thing that I saw? Uh, a yes, weird I anecdote, do. if you will. Um, so w- Washington. Uh, their second game they played at Michigan, right? And before I give you the stat, do you guys remember what Chance Nolan's stat was? He was seven for 15 for 48 yards, right? Yeah. Uh, Michigan's quarterback, uh, who's very good, uh, went seven for 15 for 44 yards. Nice. Over Washington. Not that is so we're better than Michigan. Yeah, is what you're saying. exactly. Well, I'm just saying those like stat lines are almost identical. rank us ahead of Michigan. AP, I dare you. <laughs> yeah, I oh, actually don't. Actually, cowards, don't. don't don't do it. Double our ranking, triple our ranking for whatever you're giving Michigan. Let us fly under the radar. I'm holding my beer up like I'm raising a toast to AP to People not rank us. Do not <laughs> forget. People don't forget. We've been talking for a long time, so I think we should get into uh, some predictions for this Saturday against Wazoo yeah. and maybe get out of here. JP, on the Palouse against the Coog, my favorite fan base besides Oregon State in the Pac-12, but not this week. What do you What are you thinking for us up in Pullman? I just still really don't see any losses coming up, uh, but I also don't see very many big wins either. And I don't think this program plays down to their opponent. I do think that we like to stay competitive and find a way to win. And I think that's going to happen again next week against Wazoo, who is hungry for a victory, especially at home. And we will win, but we'll win 28-17, like I predicted back on episode 12. They They got to win at Cal this week. They're fine. That cougar appetite is satisfied. <laughs> I think they still need some wins. Probably. And but like, and honestly, you have to remember 
these programs are like fans. They look at their schedule. They see Oregon State. They assume pretty easy victory here. They're anticipating this was a W on their schedule when they got when they started, you know, preseason yeah. camp, not fall camp. Um, I'm sure they did in fall. So they're going to be hungry for that that victory that they already chalked up on on their uh, the results, and it's not going to be easy. We're going to pull through. Um, but again, it's going to be close. Not, I mean, 2017 is not that close, but it's two scores, three scores mm-hmm. if you're counting field goals. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I see that it'll, it will, it'll be not like a blowout, which, uh, I think most Beaver fans might be anticipating based upon performance thus far, but I think it's gonna be close. Who has a big game for us? <sighs> BJ Baylor, my boy, yeah. BJ, yeah. the BJ express. Yeah, rolling through BJ Express. BJ <laughs> loves TDs, police. baby. <laughs> and six point nine yards per carry. <laughs> we're in, we're in our mid thirties. Does not show. Um, <laughs> Benny Scoops, our resident soothsayer. That's right. Um, I think that Oregon State pulls this game out, and I and I do want to be very clear. I give all respect to Max Borgi. Um, I do not want to talk shit about him. I know who you are. Yeah. Uh, please don't do what you did to us last time I talked. Yeah, please, you. will you not tweet at him, please? I will not tweet at him <laughs> in, unless, it's, all unless it's nice. And the new but, thing is, who the fuck doesn't know Max Borgi? Yeah, that's what it should yeah. be. Every, hashtag the man who made who this, the man who made this sleeveless dry fit hoodie iconic. Yes, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Max Borgi. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's why I didn't like him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, so I respect Max Borgi and uh, and I know that we try um, to to stay away from politics in a very political, politically charged atmosphere in this day and you age. Don't have to. Uh, well, OK, then fuck Washington State's coach. He's Rolovich. a son of a yeah. bitch. He's uh, a Rolovich. psychopath. Rolovich <laughs> is a roll of bitch. And we're going to vaccinate his ass by running the ball down his motherfucking throat. <laughs> It would be my hat right now. (laughs) It would be hilarious if like someone just ran up to him. Like this is how anti-vax his status is, or his like point has been. If someone just ran up to him and stabbed him in the arm with the vaccine and ran away, (laughs) especially if it was BJ Baylor on the BJ. (laughs) Well, he couldn't be caught. They wouldn't be able to catch him. Try, try and catch BJ Baylor, Rolovich, you goddamn lunatic. Yeah. As we close, uh, Oregon State's uh, still uh, minus four against Wazoo right now. It fell to two and a half. We're back to minus four, but yeah. Benny, what's uh, your final score? So I I think we win this game. I'm going to say 31 uh, to 17. I don't think it's a blowout, but I don't think that it's – I I think that um, the game is sort of out of reach by the fourth quarter. Cool. Uh, Who has a big game? You cannot say B.J. Baylor. Um, I I think that the secondary does because uh, the the quarterback situation at Wazoo is not very good. Um, their their whole passing offense is not very good. Uh, so I think the secondary has a has a chance to feast um, uh, for really the first time in conference play. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that they come away with uh, three picks. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Kind of thinking the same thing. Um, I think it's a maybe a, a, a blowout, but a sloppier blowout. Uh, we win thirty to ten, solid all around. Uh, I'll say, well, Benny, you picked the secondary. I'll just shout out Rajon Wright because he had a uh, 
really good game last night. Um, did not wrap up on Kamari Pleasant, <laughs> a pretty key play. But apart from that, Rajan had a fantastic game, real ball hawk. But since Benny said that the, the secondary, I can't take a secondary player. I will say that uh, Trayvon Bradford has a huge game. Big. Wow. Big day for uh, TD. I think Smith will want to get the passing game humming a little bit. You know, yeah. probably won't be like a, you know, the, you know, 2000 Rams out there or something, but I think chance has a nice bounce back game and uh, finds Bradford for one or two scores. And that, uh, you know, Trayvon uh, gets it, gets it going a little bit for us. That'd be good to see. I want to see Trayvon get, yeah. get, uh, pack his uh stat line a little bit more. yeah i mean it looked like we were you know uh you know focusing on him uh, you know a little bit uh he made some good plays on special teams again uh also we didn't give drayvon a shout out after the usc game when he recorded or he recovered two both onside kicks that usc had so uh you know he's he's locking down the ball even in ways that don't show up in the box score so you know it's it's not a huge you know randy moss type year for him yet yet emphasis yet on but hopefully it gets started for, for him uh, this, this Saturday. That would be great to see. Um, let us know uh, who you think is going to have a big game for us. Beaver fam, uh, you know, tweet at us uh, your predictions. That is at Belige Beeves on Twitter at belligerent Beeves on Instagram and at belligerent at gmail.com belligerent uh, all that good stuff. Uh, my name's Terry Horseman. You can find me on the Twitters at, at Terry Horseman, my co-host JP Bertram at the trill J and Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian, Wehage. we call him Benny scoops. Now he knows everything that happens three days before it goes down. So give <laughs> Benny a follow that's at Benny L <laughs> 1986. Um, we are the belligerent beeves, AKA the Bobays. You are the beaver fam and we love you thanks so much for the support thank you for tuning in to another thrilling enthralling episode of the belligerent thieves podcast we'll see you here again next week hopefully to break down another oregon state football victory more oregon state soccer dominance and maybe an ap ranked football team not ranked not 12 not done yet but you can't spell chop them without hope baby chop them Chop them. Chop them. <laughs> <laughs>